Hello and welcome to the Incredible Witness Podcast. Today's episode is titled, The Message. In quotes, Every word, facial expression, gesture or action on the part of a parent gives the child some message about self-worth. It is sad that so many parents don't realise what message they are sending. End of quotes. Virginia Satire, American author, social worker and psychotherapist. I found this quote from the author a few years ago and put it in my book because it is so true and, I think, so unrecognised. Many parents, given the stress and problems associated with life, don't have the time or the awareness to understand that their children are constantly watching them, learning from them or forming impressions and views about themselves as a result. Unfortunately, due to parents' own experiences of being parented, the difficulties they face and their lack of insight, they often fail to appreciate that everything they do, including their tone of voice, cadence, silence, body language and use of eye contact, all send some form of communication to children that has a powerful effect on them. Communication between parents and children is complex and confusing because even when parents are conscious of exactly the message they want to send, often this is not the message picked up by the child. As Virginia Satire so aptly states, the message sent is not always the message received. Due to children being so sensitive, vulnerable and dependent on their parents, messages sent by parents are often misunderstood or misconstrued by the children. Very frequently, also parents, in the course of living their lives, take actions which have nothing to do with their child, but are nevertheless believed by the child to be significant concerning the way the parent feels towards them. Children also often assume far greater responsibility for the behaviour and decisions of parents than is commensurate with their level of power and influence. A child whose parents become divorced may entertain the belief that they were in some way responsible for the breakup of the of the parents' marriage. A child whose parent commits suicide may harbour the strong view that if only they had loved the parent more, that the parent would still be alive. Because a child's world revolves around their parents and they are so highly sensitive to them, it is easy for a child to attach far greater meaning to a parent's actions than is actually the case. Equally, as a consequence of parents' inability to recognise their child's vulnerability, they tend to minimise the impact their actions or inaction have on their children. As adults and professionals, we are sending out and receiving messages all the time to and from our clients, colleagues and significant people in our lives. How often do we make the time to be clear about the message we're sending and check out the message that was received from its recipient? It's so easy to crush a person's dreams by careless words and gestures. Sometimes this is done by loved ones who assume they know what is best for you and consciously intend to burst your bubble because they believe your dreams are never going to become manifest but one should never destroy another's dreams just because you don't believe in them. They are not your dreams. For this reason, it is imper imperative to be circumspect concerning who you listen to or accept messages from. It pays to heed the following words. We must never allow people's limited perceptions to define us. As mentioned earlier, 
The messages we send out to others are not always the messages received. And that's because people decide and interpret your messages based on who they are and what they believe. They have their own filter system, and as a consequence, people can hear what they want to hear. Although we tend to want to believe that our opinions are valid and well-informed, it is not at all unusual for this not to be the case. When listening to others, and because we cannot pay attention to everything that's going on all the time, our attention is selective, tuning into some things and ignoring others. This is particularly the case when it comes to our beliefs and opinions, and it can render us open to being biased and being unwilling or unable to adequately perceive reality. The information we choose to select does not have to be the most pertinent, and often we focus on information that confirms what we already believe. Since it is impossible to assimilate every bit of information, we are inclined to absorb that which we are comfortable with. However, another reason why the messages we send out are not always the ones received is because we can often be unaware that we are sending out mixed messages. As amazing as it may sound to you, it is said that your non-verbal communication accounts for between 65 to 90% of your total communication, although some research will put it as high as 93%. That means the words you use to communicate with others your verbal communication, only constitutes a small percentage of what is conveyed. The bulk of your communication then is composed of a number of, of non-verbal cues, such as your facial expressions, eye contact, tone, cadence, and volume of your voice, your posture, mannerisms, gestures, body movements, the clothes you wear, your overall appearance, and any other ways you communicate non-verbally. Your various modes of non-verbal communication and how they work together are extremely important factors in determining how effectively you communicate. And yet most of us have little conscious awareness of how to use them to improve our communication. Since much of the way we communicate is performed unconsciously, it is essential to gain as clear as possible an understanding about the way to use your non-verbal cues to convey information effectively. The way you communicate via your demeanour and facial expressions, for instance, has to be appropriately consistent with the setting or environment you're in. If placed in the witness box, describing serious events related to a child's welfare, your facial expressions naturally would need to reflect your solemn and sincere contemplation with regard to their safety and well-being, in order for your message to be properly conveyed and valued. If you relayed your message in a manner of light humour, the message received would be most inappropriate, given the serious nature of the conversation. If your posture, while sitting in the box, was such that you presented as rigid, or you slouched or lounged in the seat, your verbal communication would be undermined by your physical presentation. People who present with a rigid posture don't tend to indicate self-confidence just as people who lounge in the witness box fail to signify they are appropriately attentive and thoughtful. A lack of eye contact or an inclination to, to fail to maintain any eye contact for longer than a second or two could signify a lack of interest, a lack of respect or that they have something to hide. Alternatively, 
too much eye contact due to intense staring for long periods without a break could be experienced as intimidating or disconcerting. A very quiet or hushed tone of voice accompanied with jerky body movements really inspires confidence and in addition can be distracting, thus detracting from the value of the evidence given. An emotionally flat, monotonous voice, in addition, would fail to captivate the interest of listeners, even when presenting what would otherwise be considered very useful testimony. Basically everything about you, ranging from the formal or informal attire you wear, your hygiene and personal grooming, your attitude, demeanour and body language, all communicates a message about you. If you want that message to present you in the best possible way, then it is imperative that you become very familiar with your non-verbal signals, which is why I recommend preparing for giving evidence by observing yourself speaking whilst in front of a mirror or by gaining feedback from a friend or colleague observing you. Another thing you can do is become an avid observer of others when they are communicating something. Make a mental note of what their non-verbal cues are saying and whether they they are congruent with the verbal communication being given. This is a really useful exercise to do because it may be helpful in signalling when people are nervous, uncomfortable or not being honest with you. But remember, what you pick up or perceive from the non-verbal cues of others is what others can glean in in the same way from observing you. The point is, so much of what we, we do when communicating is done on an unconscious level. If we want to improve our performance in the witness box and in life generally, it is incumbent on us to become far more conscious with regard to everything that we do. Actions in the absence of conscious thought do not serve us and can be harmful.